the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God has kept his promises to us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always. He, He promised to be our shepherd and to provide for all of our needs. And here we are. And God has been faithful and fulfilled his promises to us once again. Got us through a very extraordinarily challenging year. We got through. God was faithful. It would be safe to say that the last few years have been very difficult. With loss seeming to be lurking around every corner, it's been hard. But in today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you, even through the worst of circumstances, God remains the same. Our God remains the one who has promised to never leave, never forsake, and to work all things out for our good. His promises can be trusted, and while we may not always see his blessings, we can rest assured that he is there, working on our behalf. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to be back in Genesis uh, as we are studying verse by verse through the book of Genesis. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 26, if you want to turn there for me. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12, which is where we pick up the story. Genesis 26, 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. And so the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with earth or dirt. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. And then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. He's moving away from the land of the Philistines. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there, living water. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. 
And so he called the name of the well Essek, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also, so he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it, so he called its name Rehoboth, right over in Delaware, right? (laughs) Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And then he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. And so he built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. And then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and and Phicol, the commander of his army, and Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. And so we said, Let there now be an oath between us and between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you, since we've done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. And you are now the blessed of the Lord. And so he made them a feast and they ate and drank. And then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well, which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the story of Isaac and Isaac's life of faith. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today and that you would open our eyes to the wondrous things you have for us in your word and open our ears to hear your voice and open our hearts to be responsive to you and to your word. I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. So we began chapter 26 last Sunday, and chapter 26 is the only chapter that is dedicated entirely to events in the life of of Isaac. Everywhere else, uh, Isaac is talked about, it's either in relationship to his father Abraham or his son Jacob. This is the only chapter that focuses completely on Isaac. Uh, And of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Isaac lived the longest, but the least is said about him in the Bible. Uh, Just as kind of a review for us, chapter 26 began by telling us there was a famine in the land, a famine in the promised land, back in verse 1. And Isaac, if you remember, he considered going down to Egypt, because there's food always in, in Egypt, but then the Lord God appeared to Isaac And told Isaac, don't go down to Egypt, stay here in the land, I will be with you, and I will bless you. And Isaac chose to stay in the land. We talked all about that last week, you can listen to that online if you missed it. In verse 12 now, we're told that Isaac sowed in the land. Now Isaac was not a farmer. 
He was a shepherd like his father before him. And so here Isaac makes kind of a career change. Uh, He adds a a second career uh, to shepherding. He now becomes a farmer. And I guess, you know, you do what you have to do to provide for your family. And Isaac starts farming in a famine. Now, most often in the ancient world, famines were the result of droughts or a lack of rain. And for Isaac now, he's going to venture into farming in the midst of a famine or in the midst of a drought. And to do that, of course, that takes a lot of faith to start farming in the midst of a drought. Because if God doesn't send the rain, sowing is pointless. Uh, In Psalm 126, listen to what it says in Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The psalmist describes sowing seed with tears and weeping. The idea is you're crying out to God as you're sowing because you know if God is not in it, it's going to fail. And that's the life of faith. That's what real faith is. And walking by faith is attempting things that if God is not in it, it's going to fail. Without God in it, it's not going to succeed. You can't can't make it happen. You know, you can't work it and make it happen. And, And for Isaac, that's what he does here. He, he, he starts farming in a drought, in a famine. And if God doesn't show up, it's going to fail. And God does show up. God shows up in a big way for Isaac. Verse 12 says, look what it says. The same year, Isaac reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now, th- this is unimaginable success. And it's the first year. You know, he just started this whole farming gig and he's, he's, you know, he's got tremendous success. If you remember in the Gospels, Jesus told the parable of the sower who sowed seed on different types of soil and the seed that fell among the good soil. Remember, it produced 30 fold, 60 fold and even 100 fold. So, you know, 30 and 60 fold is a tremendous yield. A hundredfold, I mean, is just an incredibly large harvest. And Isaac has a hundredfold harvest his first year out. Verse 12 ends by telling us, the Lord blessed Isaac. He sure did. <laughs> in a big way. Now, if, if back in verse 3, God promised Isaac, if he stayed in the promised land, instead of going to Egypt, God said, I will bless you. And the Lord has kept his promise to Isaac and blessed Isaac exceedingly abundantly above all Isaac could have ever thought or imagined. And listen, God has been faithful to us, hasn't he? God has kept his promises to us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always. He promised to be our shepherd. And to provide for all of our needs. And here we are. And God has been faithful. And fulfilled his promises to us. 
once again and got us through a very extraordinarily challenging year. We got through. God was faithful. And so verse 13 says, the man began to prosper and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. There's a progression to verse 13. Isaac's prosperity wasn't just a one-time thing. He didn't just get lucky that first year of farming. Uh, That first year was just the beginning of Isaac's prosperity. He began to prosper. He continued prospering. And he became very prosperous. And his prosperity wasn't just in farming. Look at verse 14. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of of servants. So he, he prospered in many different ways. But then look at the end of verse 14. So the Philistines, remember he's living in the area of the Philistines, they envied him. The Philistines were envious of Isaac's prosperity. They resented his success. They were envious of him. Now, envy is a sin, according to the Bible. Envy is listed as one of the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. And there is a difference between jealousy, which is also a sin, by the way, jealousy and envy. They're different. Jealousy is wanting or desiring what someone else has. Oh, I wish I had that. That's really nice. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. That's jealousy. Envy is much worse than jealousy. Envy is wanting what someone else has and hating them for having it. And desiring to destroy what they have so they can't enjoy it. Or take it from them so they can't have it any longer. The Philistines envied. Isaac. They wanted to destroy his wealth and take it from him. So look at verse 15. Here's what they did. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth or dirt. In verse 16, so Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Now these verses here Uh, may seem pretty obscure or they may seem irrelevant to us. Okay, so they filled in the wells with, with, with earth. Big deal. How is that relevant to my life? But these actually are some of the most important verses in, in the Bible because they illustrate to us human nature and human nature doesn't change. People today are the same as they were in Isaac's day. And these verses are very relevant for our day, especially our day, because they show us how people respond when other people become wealthier or more successful 
than them? How do you respond to people who excel you in wealth? How do you respond to people that are more successful than you? That are more prosperous materially than you? Do you admire their success? Do you admire them for their achievements and their hard work and their innovation? Do you celebrate their success? Do you try to emulate them and copy their success? Or do you envy them? Do you resent them for their success? And here's why this is important, because throughout human history, instead of emulating the successful, most people envy them and often wish to destroy their wealth. And even destroy the person for being successful. You know, years ago, uh, there was an elderly couple that attended our church. They're both with the Lord now. Uh, But they had defected from the Soviet Union in the early 1970s. And the reason they defected from the Soviet Union was because in the Soviet Union, they had achieved a, a, a level of success. They had achieved a level of prosperity. And under the communist system of the Soviet Union, they knew that their child would not be allowed to achieve success. That their child would not be given opportunities like to go to college. And that their child would end up uh, as, as just a laborer because they had been so successful. The system punished them for their success. So they knew their child, no matter how, how intelligent or capable he was, was just not going to be allowed to try to succeed. Uh, and so they defected because the system was set up to punish them for being successful. And, 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 and what you have here with this passage, this is really one of the big divides in the world today. It's one of the big divides in our nation today. It is a question that our nation is trying to answer. Do we admire and celebrate success? Or do we resent success? And want to penalize the successful? You know, up until recent times, One of the strengths of our nation was that we admired economic success. That was the American dream, right? You could start out with nothing and you could, you know, be innovative and creative and you could succeed and you could prosper. And that was the the American dream that people wanted to come to our country for the opportunity that was here. But, But what you've seen in recent years in our country is a growing resentment toward Success and wealth. And there are some who want to punish the successful and the wealthy. The root of that is envy. The root of that is envy. You see that right here in this passage. And again, this is one of the big questions our nation will have to answer. Do we admire wealth? Do we admire success? Do we admire innovation and creativity? Or do we envy the wealthy and do we want to destroy their wealth and take it from them? The root of that is envy. 
Look at what the Philistines did. They filled in the wells that Abraham's servants had dug. Now, you know, we've talked about this before. Water is very scarce in the promised land. And the wells that Abraham's servants dug were a great benefit, not just to Abraham and his servants. Those wells were a benefit to everyone, including the Philistines. And I don't want you to miss what happens here. The Philistines could have used those wells and enjoyed the benefit and the blessing of those wells, but instead they filled those wells in with dirt because they were so envious and resented the success of Abraham. And so they filled the wells in with dirt to their own harm. And they suffered because of their envy. And this is what envy produces. Because of their envy, the Philistines would rather fill the wells with dirt than enjoy the refreshment of those wells and the refreshment that those wells provided. And their actions harmed everyone, their envy of the prosperous. So again, verse 16, Abimelech comes to Isaac. Abimelech is the king of the Philistines, and he says, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, expels Isaac from the kingdom. He sends him out. Now, this becomes a pattern that is repeated throughout Jewish history all the way up until the 20th century and the founding of the nation of Israel in 1948. You you see it uh, several times in the Bible with Exodus, for example. You see it in the New Testament as well, where, where Jews are uh, expelled from a nation or expelled from a kingdom. And, and what, what would happen is just what we have right here. You know, Jews would arrive somewhere, they would become economically successful and then are considered a threat to the original inhabitants and they're expelled. They're sent out. Uh, you know, much, much of the anti-Semitism throughout history was really rooted in, in economics, an envy of the success of the Jewish people. Even today, much of the Arab-Israel conflict is really over economics because of the success and prosperity of the nation of, of Israel. But you see it all the way back here in the book of Genesis. So look at verse 17. Isaac departed from there. And he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, And he dwelt there. Rather than fighting, he left. This is just like Jesus. First Peter chapter one, or first Peter chapter two, verse twenty-three says Jesus did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Isaac departs. He leaves. And he moves. Instead of fighting the Philistines, he goes to the Valley of Gerar, verse 18. He dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. So there were additional wells that Abraham had dug. After Abraham dies, the Philistines filled them in instead of enjoying 
the refreshment of those wells. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.